You're home of the Pens and the best Pens coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh and iHeart Radio Station. The Penguins have two retired numbers. Mario Lemieux, number 66, the greatest hockey player ever. Michelle Breer, number 21, who died tragically after his rookie season in 1969-70. That's it. That's the list. Who else should go up there? Should any other numbers go up there? Montreal and Toronto have retired so many numbers, there aren't any left to wear. Montreal's numbers on their jerseys currently are all in the 50s and 60s. It looks ridiculous. They look like offensive linemen. Part of me is content with 66 uh, being the only number up there. No offense to Briere and his memory, but I bet the Penguins wish they could unretire that one, number 21. It was retired out of grief and not greatness. To me, there is only one current possibility. That joggers number 68. Moving forward, there are two possibilities. Crosby's number 87 and Malkin's number 71. There really are no others beyond that. I'll be honest. I'm hesitant with Yager. What do you think? 412-333-WXDX. Yager played for too many teams, including Philadelphia. His relationship with the team has recently been and remains shaky. Who knows if he even is going to want to do it? Crosby's indefinite, no question. Retiring numbers should be extremely exclusive. The fewer, the better. Sick again. Brought to you by 84 Lumber. Showing you the right way to build since 1956. Uh, by the way, Grover brought up Latestu being a healthy scratch. Uh, he was a healthy scratch as recently last Thursday. He's on a 14-game uh, scoreless streak. No goals. Just 20 shots, no goal, and minus six during that time. So should Yager have his number retired? Uh, how strongly do you feel about it? And do you think he's going to want to do it? He's played for a lot of teams. I can't emphasize that enough that I think Yager has kind of skewed his legacy by playing for nine NHL teams and a KHL team. Boy, that's just, it, it, it's just, you know those traveling Yagers, that group of fans who wear every shirt Yager has, there's like nine of them. Well, now there's nine after Calgary, and they go to games together. They got to meet Yager in Calgary this year. That looks ridiculous, not least because there's so many of them. I know people think that's cute. It doesn't really do Yager any favors. But I have, have more important news than any of that crap. It was announced today that on July 4th, we will see the premiere of the fourth in the series, Purge Part 4, the first Purge. It's the Origin Edition. And uh, the poster, which is online, takes a little bit of a shot of Trump. Uh, you know those red hats, Make America Great Again? Well, they have a red hat in the same script, the same font, and the hat says the first purge. I can't wait. I absolutely cannot wait. Uh, let's go to Paul in the car. Paul, you're on with Double M. How are you doing, Double M? Good, man. I uh, I don't think Pittsburgh should retire his number. 
Um, not as knowledgeable as you are with hockey, but I believe it was two or three years ago the Penguins had a chance to get get Yager when he was a free agent or whatnot to help him win the Stanley Cup, and he went elsewhere. And I thought that was a, well, well, a shot the, the, in the face. Well, the, the time when it looked like he was really going to come back, it looked like yeah. there was a distinct possibility in 2011, and he went to Philadelphia instead. So not only did he tease coming back to Pittsburgh, his agent, this dope named Svoboda, uh, teased it as well, and then Yager went to the hated enemy instead. So I'm not saying don't do it. I just don't really feel it's automatic because, again, the guy played for nine teams in the NHL. He doesn't really have a jersey. Let's go to Mark in Illinois. Mark, you're on with Double M. Good afternoon, Mr. Madden. Good afternoon. I don't believe the Penguins should retire Yager's jersey number just due to the simple fact that, like you said with the last caller, he went to the hated rival, and he basically just went and negated his entire legacy that he had. Well, no, no, he didn't negate his entire legacy. One thing about Yarmer Yager that I've understood since he played here, Yarmer Yager is a true mercenary. He was always going to go to the highest bidder. So when Yager said that crap back in, like I said, I think it was 2011, when Yager said, oh, I would play for Mario for the league minimum, uh, I owe him so much, blah, 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 I knew he was lying through his teeth. I knew he was uh, suffering from diabetes because Yarmer Yager has never taken less money to do anything. He is a pure mercenary. And once you understand that Yager is a pure mercenary, it's a lot easier to get a grip on the decisions he makes because they're all motivated by one thing. Uh, I have a column coming out in tomorrow's trip about the legacy of Yager, and I cite all his stats, all the games, all the goals, all the points, and then I said, and he made $135 million. And to Yarmer Yager, that is decidedly the most important figure. Let's go to Kenny in Latrobe. Kenny, you're on with Double M. Salutations. Salutations. Hey, I, I grew up, uh, I was born in 84, so, you know, the... 91-92 run. I mean, that, that really solidified Penguin hockey uh, for me growing up. And, you know, loved watching, you know, Yager. But honestly, I don't think they should retire his number because, I mean, where do you stop? And you got to get Flurry in there, then Barrasso. Then, no, you, know you don't like have it. to get Flurry in there. No, you don't have to get Barrasso in there. I'm a big fan of Flurry, not so much Barrasso, although Barrasso accomplished a lot for Pittsburgh. Those guys are nowhere getting their numbers, near getting I their just, numbers retired. Right, but, I mean, where do you stop? You know, like, well, that, That's the point. That's where Toronto and Montreal have made their current uniform situation in, into a joke. Like I said, in Toronto, they're all wearing number 50 through 70. So, right, um, yeah. So uh, I like, you know, the Ring of Honor, which the Penguins, they have that, you know, uh, I don't know they call it a Hall of Fame, whatever they call it now. Uh, you know, I like that. I don't think you, I think you can do that and honor people without retiring numbers. And and I exactly. think that uh, I think that's what the I, I would. I'll be honest. Thinking right now, I wouldn't retire Yager's number. I would bring him back for a big ceremony, though. Then again, if you bring him back for a ceremony and don't retire his number, it's kind of insulting. I think Crosby's number will be retired because as good as Yager is, I think Crosby's better. I think Crosby's one of the top five players of all time right now. Let's go to Mark and Irwin. Mark. You're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Um, I also wanted to talk about Yager. Um, right. Uh, I think at the moment it wouldn't be uh, something the Penguins would want to do as far as retiring its number. 
whatsoever, I would always leave that door open because I think he's done so much and his play deserves it, but he doesn't want it. Five years from now, if he wants it, if he's got a relationship with Well, I don't know that he doesn't want it. The only thing I feel comfortable saying is that his relationship with the Penguins since leaving here has been very sketchy, very mercurial. It has to be a good relationship to retire the number. And that's a prerequisite for me. But his play dictates that I think it should happen. If there well, right, but, but, but again, he played for nine teams. You know, I are know. we really his jersey? And I know he played 11 years for us, which is the most. And the next most that he played was for New York Rangers, which was only four. But by the same token, the last year Yager played here was 2001. That's a long time ago. As I mentioned earlier, to younger fans in Pittsburgh, not even young, but younger, they remember Yager as the guy they booed every time he touched the puck. Thank you yeah, for the call. Let's go to Colin and Vandergrift. Colin, you're on with Double M. Good afternoon, Mark. Good afternoon. Uh, yeah, uh, I want to talk about Yari Yager, and I absolutely think that in, in a couple years the Pens will retire his number. Because he, he experienced some of his best years in Pittsburgh. He's won the Art Ross Trophy five times, four consecutive years from 98 to 2001. He scored one of the best goals in playoff history, in my opinion. And I just Wh- think. Which goal was that? Uh, I think the one in the 92 run where she just kind of outdeeped everyone from the... Yeah, that was a pretty good goal. First game of the Stanley Cup final against Chicago in 92. That was a pretty good goal magnified by the situation, which which certainly justifies the magnification. But how would you feel about this? How would you feel about Mario being the only number retired? Well, besides the dead guy. How would you feel about Mario being the only number retired till Crosby and then that's it? Because I think Mario and Crosby are cut above everybody else, don't you? Yeah, but I would think that if Yager has been was one of the best players of the Pens during that time, and he definitely deserves to be there as well. Like I think yeah. he will be the next number retired. He he deserves to be there, depending on your standard. Like if 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 I say that it should be only uh, Crosby and Lemieux, uh, that's rarefied air, and I don't think anybody could have a problem with that if it was only those two. Let's talk to uh, Chainsaw in the car. Chainsaw, you're on with Double M. What up, man? What up, man? Yeah, so I'm, I'm leaning towards no, and part of the reason, unfortunately, I think, is because of the blind hatred the fans had for him after they left. And they weren't really educated as to, or not educated. Well, when you say, really you say, did you say have or had? The, the what, the black, that's the... Yeah, I don't think that happened. hatred's there anymore. Don't forget, the last time Yager was here, and it probably is going to wind up the last time he plays in Pittsburgh ever, he got a standing ovation that time last year. Right, and but I'm saying for all those years, even before the Philly move, it was just people thought he left and didn't help the Penguins at all, but little did anyone know how much he actually did help the organization when he wasn't getting a paycheck for a while. And a lot of those guys were kind of in that boat on that team back then. But I think that if the reception after he left, people really knew what went down or how it went down and didn't just think he just skipped out. I think more people probably lean more a little towards yes. I think the well, you know, Yager Yager left because he wanted more money. Okay, he wanted right. to get paid. And he knew it wouldn't happen here. And the quote that well, said he was pay. dying alive is misattributed to him saying he wanted out of here. He said he was dying alive because he was playing really poorly. But that's been misrepresented as him wanting out of here uh, again. Yarmir is a true mercenary. He wants as much money as he can get. 
He keeps scoring two ways, money and points. And uh, if you understand that about him, it's easier to accept a lot of his actions. Let's go to Phil in Oakland. Phil, you're on with the super genius. I, I guess I'm a little indifferent to it, but one thing I would say is when you asso- if you had to associate a team with Yarmer Yager when you're thinking about it, I, I feel like it would be the Penguins. Um, if you had I mean, to I, pick I, one team, it would be Yager, obviously. He played for Pittsburgh for 11 years, but, boy, that was a long time ago, wasn't it? Sure, and I understand why he left, you know, for the money and everything, and I understand the animosity from the fans, but I don't know. Well, the animosity's I, I gone. I think the biggest, and thank you for the call, I think the biggest question is that has he diluted his legacy by playing for nine different NHL teams and skipping out to the KHL for more money in the middle of all that? Has he diluted his legacy? It's not about the Jersey retirement thing because the Penguins are going to decide what they decide, and I think they will make an offer to him to bring him back to try to retire his number at some point. Uh, we got Stan Savern at the bottom of the hour. We've got Tony and Josh on hold. I'm Mark Madden live at Buford's Kitchen right on 5th Avenue. Come on in and get the gumbo. Tremendous stuff down here. And it's right across the street from PPG Paints Arena. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Ah, super genius. What were you afraid more of, Satan or teabagging? Sorry, teabagging. Great story, compelling and rich. <laughs> the X at 105.9. Double M on the X. Uh, the question I'm debating with the callers, and it's probably cliched, but uh, I got three hours to fill. Should the Penguins retire Yager's number? Do you think it'll happen? And I think the more interesting question about Yager is... Do you feel like Yarmer Yager, having played for nine NHL teams, dilutes his legacy in general? Uh, as I've been saying, his resume has the stats of an all-time great, but the amount of teams played for makes him look like a journeyman. So your thoughts on that, 412-333-9939. Uh, Bob Grove and I talked earlier, and uh, he brought up a real good point about uh, – Ian Cole having returned uh, to the lineup. He'll be in again tonight, by the way. And uh, I had said earlier that if you want to say Hunwick's faster and has more skill, which enables him to play faster, okay, that's what Sullivan thinks, and I get it. But if that's the case, if Hunwick has all those qualities, like Bob Grove said, he should be making more nightly impact on the game because of those qualities. Meanwhile, the evidence shows... I think that Ian Cole's played better than Matt Hunwick uh, just about every time Ian Cole's been out there. And furthermore, let me tack on, Ian Cole and Jamie Alexiak are a good bottom pair. They both hit a little bit. Alexiak can skate a little bit. Cole not quite as much, but he's certainly mobile. They can both shoot the puck. They can make a few plays. And with them as a pair, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Whereas I never thought that was true when uh, Alexiak played with Hunwick. So there's a lot of good reasons to keep Ian Cole in the lineup moving forward. But I think the way he meshes with Alexiak is one of those. We got uh, Stan Saverin up next. Let's go to Barry in the truck. Barry. 
You're on with the super genius. Hi, Mr. Madden. What's up? Uh, yes, I would like to talk to you about a possibility for the Penguins third line center. Okay. Uh, what do you think about getting like Eric Stahl from the? Minnesota uh, isn't Minnesota still in the playoff chase? Uh, they're actually currently on the outside looking in. I mean, they're technically tied for the last wild card spot. Okay, so why would they trade Eric Stahl while they're in the playoff race? And furthermore, uh, I think Eric Stahl's cap hit uh, would be too severe for the Penguins. His, his cap hit right now is 3.5. Uh, he is tied up for another year. Um, I think if they fall out farther, uh, we could probably get him for probably either Tristan Jari or DeSmith and maybe somebody else. Uh, there's no way you get him. For, there's no way you get him just for Jari and Minnesota wouldn't want DeSmith. Why would Minnesota want Jari? They have Dubnik. Because uh, he's not really all that good. I guess you haven't looked at Dubnik's stats very closely. Nah, it's a dumb idea. Thank you for the call, though. Let's go to Matt in Murraysville. Matt, you're talking to the super genius. Hey, Mark. Now, I'm not really a Steeler fan, but I think the best thing the Penguins could do is put Yager in the ring of honor and then maybe not issue his jersey like the Steelers do with Lambert. And well, they, really, they, they have a ring of honor, but it's in the locker room, and I... I forget what they call it. I got to look that up. Uh, it used to be the Penguins Hall of Fame, but there were a lot of people that were inducted in there haphazardly. They wanted to quietly usher out. Uh, yeah, I mean, so uh, you, you can't put in Joey Mullen or Ronnie Francis or Trotz or people like that that only spent a year or two here, even though they were integral to the franchise for those two years. Well, no, I mean, I mean, Joey Mullen is in their Ring of Honor, whatever it is they call now, and I think deservedly so. Joey was here for. Maybe longer than you think. I got to find out what that friggin' thing is called. It's not the Hall no, of I'm Fame anymore. About, I'm talking about like retiring the jerseys. You can't do that, even though we've had so many great players come through that locker room. Oh, that's right. Well, to me, there'd be nothing wrong with it just being Lemieux and later Crosby, because I think they're two of a kind for this franchise and uh, in the history of hockey. Thank you for the call. We'll talk about these issues in just a moment with the great Stan Saverin. I'm Mark Madden, 1059 The X. This is Sidney Crosby of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 The X. I am live from Buford's Kitchen. Joining me now, he is the godfather of the Pittsburgh sports media. We welcome to the program the great Stan Saverin. Stan, uh, will the Penguins retire Yager's number? Uh, should that be automatic on their part, and how do you think he feels about it? Uh, I would think he uh, would be kind of ambivalent about it. Um, you know, frankly, he uh, uh, has distanced himself from Pittsburgh. Um, uh, I don't think that they will. I think it would be nice if, like, they show videos for, you know, returning heroes. Um, I think it would be nice if they had, for example, a Yaramir Yager night. I don't know if that's possible um, with him in attendance. Now that he's going, you know, back to the Czech Republic, I don't know what his plans are to be in the United States. I can't imagine he would come all the way over here just to attend <laughs> Stan, something. I like... can guarantee he will not make a special trip unless he's paid pretty handsomely to do so. I'm not even sure he would make a trip from Upper St. Clair, uh, where he used to live, <laughs> to come down there. But, I, you know, whether he's there or not, it would be nicer if he was, and they honor him and, you know, whatever. I think that would be nice. Um, but I don't know about retiring his jersey, that kind of thing. Uh, well, well, certainly honoring his greatness, and not only his greatness as a player, uh, we all 
realize or didn't find out until after the fact that he was well aware of what his presence in Pittsburgh meant in terms of saving the franchise in that series, um, you know, against the Devils and so on and so forth. Um, and I give him much more credit um, just for that than anything else's awareness. He was more than just some you know, young kid experienced in the United States. Um, but no, I don't think I would retire his jersey. I wouldn't. I mean, I, I think you have to be very special about that. And there's only one, well, there's more than one hanging from the jersey, but Michelle Briere, obviously, you know, Badger Bob, um, Mario Sid when his time comes. But I, I think I would keep it to that. See, Stan, I'm with you. I think the fewer, the more special. And my tendency would be, to, to retire, uh, Marius is retired, and I would retire Sids when the time comes, and that's probably about it. Yeah, and if somebody else were to come along in the future, if we're still around to witness that, but I, I would limit it to that, not only for the way they play, but what they meant to the franchise. Um, obviously, turning points in the franchise a couple of times with Mario, and certainly with Sid. Uh, because uh, he could have been playing Kansas City um, had he not been been taken by the pen. So I, I would leave it at that. But whether whether Yarmir Yager would come or not, uh, I think a nice you know celebration at a game next year or something like that. Um, whether he's there or not, I, I think that would be in order. Yeah, I agree. And uh, Stan, let me ask you: Did Yager? And this isn't a Penguin specific question. I'm talking about in general. Did Yager play for too many teams? Nine NHL teams. Does that dilute his legacy at all? Well, I don't think in a, from a league-wide standpoint it does. I mean, the numbers are the numbers. Wherever he achieved that, I mean, there are very few people who played um, all their careers with one team, and that includes the guy considered to be the greatest player uh, of all time, Gordie Howe, played for more than one team, although the WHA had something to do with that. Um, so you know, that's unusual. I don't know that in these day and a in this day and age, in these days and times, with salary caps and so on and so forth, that you won't see that terribly often. Which is why I hope that'll always be the case uh, for you know Sid and Gino, and almost was with Flurry. Um, I don't think that it. it I don't. Think it dilutes his legacy from a league standpoint. I do think it dilutes his legacy in Pittsburgh, however, because they did win three cups without him. Well, yeah, especially Stan when you know he played for Pittsburgh for eleven years, and that was by far his longest tenure with any NHL team. But the last time he played here was two thousand one, and for many years, you know, over a decade, he got booed every time he touched the puck when he came back with another team, and I don't think that should have happened. Uh, but it did. Now, you referred to the New Jersey playoff series in 99, where he beat New Jersey single-handedly in Game 6 on one leg in one of the greatest displays of will I've ever seen. Stan, uh, I, I get goosebumps just thinking about what he did that night. Yeah, and you remember, as we think back to that, I believe it was the Game 6 was a Saturday afternoon, as I recall. Um, we didn't even think he was going to play, or at least at the very least, we weren't sure if he was going to be able to play. The whole world knew about the groin injury. You know, who knew what they did with him, you know, back in the locker room. But that was a big, uh, the classic game-time decision. No one really knew. And for him to come out and, you know, score the goal late in regulation and the goal in overtime, uh, and I'll never forget, uh, I was on the ice uh, at the Meadowlands in New Jersey when they won Game 7. Um, Kevin Constantine was the coach then, and interviewing Yager. And um, 
just how happy he was. You know, whatever unhappiness um, he had given the circumstances and so on and so forth and the franchise, uh, he had great joy when he played on the ice. And I'll never forget, uh, you know, we were televising the game back then, interviewing him as he came off. And let's remember, that was an eight beating a one. That doesn't happen very often. We're talking to Stan Saverin, the godfather. He's brought to you by the law firm of Shenderovich, Shenderovich and Fishman. Uh, Stan, the Penguins play tonight at home against San Jose. Matt Murray's back in goal. With all due respect to Casey DeSmith, who did a marvelous job, you got to get the number one goalie back in there, don't you? You do. Uh, he's the guy. He's the man. Um, and the only thing you know about him was... Um, we talked about it last week, Mark. It's it's a very difficult circumstance, uh, especially for a 23-year-old guy. It's the biggest setback of your life. Um, and and uh, they were very close. And if they've determined and he has said, I'm good to go, then, yeah, you've got to get him back in there. I mean, you know, the, the protocol, he came back to practice. He served as a backup in the Minnesota game. That was going to be the next step. And this tonight is the next one. And I, I think a lot of people experience this. When you have have such a loss like that sometimes the best thing to do is to get back to your work because it takes your mind um, off your personal issues so this may be the best thing for him to get him back in the net now murray isn't quite where he was last season so far stan i don't think he's playing badly i just think there's another level he can find what's been missing with murray to date this season uh, well, I, you know, I don't think um, that that the, the the group in front of him um, had been as good as it has been the last month. You know, he hadn't started a game since January fourth, so most of this month, where they're eight and three, he hasn't played. He hasn't appeared since January the seventh. So I think you know that's part of it, and not only the defensive end of it, but their puck position has been so much greater uh, in terms of keeping the puck in their offensive zone that I, you know, I don't think he's played behind the best version um you know some of the high glove hand things you know have always existed uh with him but listen he may have been subject to a lot of what we think happened to them um fatigue both mental and physical uh perhaps knowing what it takes to win in the playoffs not quite willing to go to that level until the time came well the time has come and and he may have been part and parcel of some of the things we've seen with a lot of other members of that team who were not playing up to standard and really the same uh applies to Latang too i i i think having read the story by jason mackey uh, on Latang discussing him not playing up to form in the uh season to date i think Latang probably came back a bit too early and i think he tries to do too much at once uh, perhaps when he's physically lacking a bit. I don't think he's physically lacking anymore, but I think the decision-making has to catch up a bit still. Yeah, I, th I think it does. I think all the things we've talked about certainly would affect him too, even though you know he didn't play the last number of months. Uh, and I do think that uh, you know we talked about Russ with Le'Veon Bell missed all the training camp. Well, you know, Chris Letang didn't play since what March uh, when he when he went out. So there was certainly. A point, physical, getting used to the flow and all that kind of thing. But I also think that they asked him to change his game a little bit, and I don't think that he ever quite adapted to it. Um, I'm not sure. I think he's he's gotten better, but I don't think he's anywhere near what we've seen of him and, frankly, near what he needs to be. 
um, one of the key elements in their drive. Uh, not just I think they're going to make the playoffs, but where they end up in it and what happens in the playoffs, a lot of it's going to be dependent upon him because he is capable, we've seen it, of doing things physically that no other defenseman on the team can. Uh, you hear rumors about Matt Cullen coming back. You hear Mark Letestu. Those are the most concrete. Letestu, a healthy scratch in Edmonton last Thursday, hasn't scored in 14 games. Matt Cullen, just four goals on the season. Uh, I'm not sure either of those names appeal to me, Stan, for the third-line center spot, but I'm not sure Jim Rutherford's going to be spoiled for choice uh, between now and the trade deadline. Well, that's possible, uh, too. The thing about it is, you know, those guys you mentioned are probably better suited to be fourth-line centers, which ends up pushing Sheehan back to the third line. Right. It seems, and, and, you know, and that's what they're trying to avoid. So what's the point? in go, All you're doing is shifting pieces around the board without necessarily improving. The problem, it seems to me, um, and, and I thought Dave Molinari captured this in the Post-Gazette today, uh, saying that, yes, you need a third-line center, but... That's not good enough just to say you need a third-line center. There's a specific enterprise involved with that, and that is the third-line center must be able to bring out the best in Phil Kessel. Yes. That, it's different than just being, you know, the, listen, you know, when, when, the, when the Penguins had that great line in 08 and 09 with Jordan Stahl, you know, you had Tyler Kennedy and Matt Cook, you know, very effective. But, you know, Jordan Stahl didn't have to worry about the scoring abilities of Tyler Kennedy um, or, or, or Matt Cook. Here, you do. You have to bring out the best of, uh, that Kessel has to give, which is considerable and more than just on the power play. So you can talk about looking for a third-line center, but he's got to be much more than the prototypical third-line center. Well, right, which is why Letestu and Cullen don't exactly qualify, I don't think. And uh, you look at a guy like Pajot for Ottawa, I think he would fit the bill more, but, boy, Ottawa would really have to go all fire sale for him to come at a reasonable price. Yeah, I mean, then you get into that. Um, if you, you know, if you're out of it, um, and you know the Penguins are shopping, not that I doubt Jim Rutherford's uh, acumen in the trade market, but you know, you're going to have to pay a price. I mean, obviously, people know what you're looking for, um, and they're going to be able to you know pick you clean. And you don't want to dismantle this team, robbing from Peter to pay Paul. So, what assets do you have at the minor league level? Which is that it may come down to that, or once again, draft choices. Finally, Stan, one quick Steeler note. Uh, there's speculation out there. I wouldn't call it a report, but speculation that uh, Ramon Foster could be a cap casualty because the Steelers could save, I think, $2.5 million against the cap, and they feel confident playing B.J. Finney in that spot. And I think B.J. Finney did a heck of a job off the bench last year, but I don't think he's as good as Ramon Foster. I think Foster's a good clubhouse guy, and I don't want to sabotage the depth of the O-line which is going to take a hit with Hubbard leaving via free agency as it is. Yeah, you know, if you, if you start Finney, there goes your backup center, too. Um, and, you know, not that you're anticipating injury, but you understand that they, they could happen. Um, I, I understand the rationale. Foster's now in his 30s. But I also look at it this way. Um, yes, they're going to need some cap room. I can see some other areas where they can save some cap room. You know, yes. Gay's not going to be back. Uh, if they if they dump Mitchell, that could save him four or five mil. Um, the only way that I would think that might be an option is I think that one of the things that they're missing, as good as this offensive line, we, we suspect that it is, with three pro bowlers in it, I don't think that it is strong enough, nasty enough. seems to me 
that what their their offensive line, with the possible exception of the Castro, they're more finesse guys. I mean, they're big people, obviously, but they're more finesse guys. It makes me wonder, well, why don't they quarterback sneak? Why don't they give the ball to Le'Veon Bell on a fourth and one? you got pro bowlers, but they don't have a road grader. So if they were to use a draft choice, not in the first round, but get a real strong physical guard and, and get him in the second round, let's say, although you want to look for defense, maybe that's what they're considering doing because third and one, you've got to push some people off the ball. I don't think they do that very well. Very good point, Stan. As always, great expertise. We will see you Thursday on your program. All right, Mark. See you at 1230. That's Stan Saverin. I'm on his program on 970 ESPN every Thursday at 1230. I'm at Buford's on Fifth Avenue. In just a moment, we will talk to the great Bob McLaughlin. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. Miss photography. This is Patrick Hornquist of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 DX. Liverpool 3 at Huddersfield Town nil. I didn't mention the game during the entire show, and it worked out better, so maybe I'll stick with that moving forward. Joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. Uh, Bob, where do you stand on the uh, debate of whether or not Yager's number uh, should be retired? Uh, I'm kind of with Stan Saverin and that I really want to limit it to just very, very top guys. And within the context of the Penguins right now, You'd have to say Yager is number three and no better. Yeah, what a great question, uh, Mark. You know, when you have something that you can go either way, a uh, question this tight, uh, boy, it's it's a tough decision, and I was going back and forth until you and Stan kind of hashed it out right there. But I would I would lean with you guys. Uh, I will go with you guys. I mean, now that Sid has passed Yager on the assist number, and his numbers are definitely going to supplant him um, by the time that he's done, it's just so special to have two players that only played for you. So I do buy your argument about the traveling that he did around the league, tainting not his legacy, but just his importance or his numbers with the Penguins organization. I mean, if I just came up to you and asked, does this guy belong in your team's Hall of Fame? A guy with two cups in 11 years, five Art Ross, Four straight scoring titles. Nine out of 11 years with the team, he was an all-star. A heart, a Lester B. Pearson. The answer would be yes, unless the two people you're comparing him to are 68 or 66 and 87. Yeah, and again, I would not be outraged if, if you know, he, he they do retire his number. In fact, I'd kind of like it if he'd come back. I if agree he's not with coming you. back, uh, the heck with them. But uh, I think Mario is clearly in a class by himself, and then Sid has has uh, climbed over Yager and passed uh, and is, is only behind Lemieux. And, uh, you know, Malkin, I mean, I think Malkin's kind of Yager-esque, although he may yet climb over Yager if he spends his whole career here, which I'm not sure is going to happen. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to shut that door either, Mark, especially the way he's been playing of late. I mean, I think that over the last year and a half, uh, a lot of people would agree that that's some of – Evgeny Malkin's absolute best hockey. So he doesn't show any signs of slowing down. Um, he might be right up there equal to or just a bit of, uh, you know, uh, Yarmir Yager by the time he finishes his days with the Penguins. But like you said yesterday, he may go somewhere else too. I don't see him going to eight or nine teams, but, but maybe another jersey. Well, I, I see uh, – well, I've said this a couple days ago, and I will revisit it at season's end. But the time's going to come when to reload your team, you need to trade Malkin, 
while he's still worth a lot, or you're going to wind up like Detroit is right now with a bunch of guys who used to be good and eat up too much of your cap. Yeah, I think that's an absolute. Um, they've already shown that that is what's going to happen, and maybe even just not with Detroit. Some other teams that had some pretty heady teams there, and they kept uh, people too long. Um, I, I think that is what's going to happen with uh, 71. Uh, I, I spoke a moment ago about uh, the defensive tandem of Cole and Alexiak, and I, I mentioned just comparing Cole to Matt Hunwick, that Hunwick skates better, plays faster, but Cole's outplayed him in pretty much every time that Cole's been in the lineup, I think Cole's been a better player than Hunwick for the entirety of the campaign. And then I started thinking, you know, I really like the way Cole and Alexiak fit together because they're a no-nonsense bottom pair that hits people, can move the puck. They're not that fast, although Alexiak has some wheels for a big man, but I just like the fit there. What's your call? I agree with you. Um, you know, it's a pleasant surprise. I'll agree with a lot of the people that said, look, I didn't, I don't know much about Alexiak coming out of Dallas, but he, you know, as a first round pick, he definitely had the pedigree. He had the name. He just didn't show anything. Somebody on the Penguin staff said that this guy will work in their system. Um, and credit to Jacques Martin and Sergey Gonchar or whoever is kind of finessing his game right now because he's pretty solid. He covers a lot of ice out there. And when you pair him up with Cole, between the two sizes of them, and I'm not saying that they're great skaters, but they're big. They're good skaters for big guys, and they cover a lot of ground up there. Every well, one, Alexiak actually has more acceleration on his first couple strides than I thought. Then again, Bob, you know the guy was a flop in you know Dallas. I just barely noticed him when he played there. Period. In fact, he barely played there. Period. Well, I think that, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Mark, you talked about the defensemen jumping in, and they were having a tough time getting back into the play, and they were kind of making some some perilous decisions in doing that. You don't see that anymore. You don't see it with Cole when he's in there, and you don't see it with Alexiak. And the few times that he's done it lately, he's been in total control. He makes a pass, or he takes it in deep, and he gets right back. No harm, no foul. I don't think that it puts the uh, Penguins' offense in any peril. Well, the thing about Alexiak is he can play the right side legitimately. And I thought at some point, you know, when Ruedel got hurt, that if that Alexiak would be a stopgap on the right side, I mean, let's see if he can play it, right? right. And then Ruedel would jump back in. I think Alexiak's won that job for keeps, at least, uh, at least right now moving forward. Yeah, and the other thing, just back to your uh, discussion with Bob Grove in the 3 o'clock hour, um, Ian Cole makes my lineup every night over Hunwick. I just think that he yes. brings so much more to the table. And you may be more fleet of foot with Hunwick, um, but the other things that Cole does, I think you just slot him And in I don't head. see how you ignore his record in the last two playoffs either. I agree. I agree. It's, it's baffling not just me, but a lot of other Penguins fans out there. It's good to see that it's working for Ian right now in that lineup. Uh, Bob, uh, we, we spoke about this briefly yesterday on the program. The Indians are retiring the Chief Wahoo logo from their uniforms after this coming season because they need to jam in one more year of racism. Uh, but uh, what's, what's your take on that? Uh, I, I, you see, here's the thing. I don't find it that offensive, but I could see where a Native American would. And uh, is there really a reason to promulgate that moving forward? You know, like, like it wouldn't bother me if they kept using it but but why bother exactly why do you need to have it your way and i i agree with you mark i i know that the name has been there for a long time i know that there was no outrage until this climate of 
everything's an outrage, you know, came to fruition and people are just looking for stuff to complain about. But obviously they've done the tests, they've asked, you know, these certain groups of people. And yes, they are. There are enough of them that are offended by it. Or maybe just that that logo, maybe just the character of it where they're not doing away with the name. This might be the right answer. Do away with the picture. Well, the, the name, there's nothing wrong with the name Indians. Exactly. I agree with you. Um, I think that, sure, if you're offended by the cartoon character or the way it's animated, then yeah, and it looks kind of buffoonish, kind of clownish, um, get rid of it. You, you don't need it. You're still going to be the Indians. You're still going to have the heritage. You move on from here. Now, the last baptism of, of legitimate corporate racism in American professional sports then is the Washington Redskins. Do you think they will eventually succumb and change that name? Because Daniel Snyder seems determined, determined to keep that name indefinitely. He absolutely does, Mark. But even with all his money, I think that the weight of it is going to be too much. I think in the next three years, they have to get rid of that. Because that you're not just saying Indians. That is a description, a negative description of, uh, uh, you know, an Indian of a well, 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 Bob. You know, you know what I'm 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 brought to think is, uh, I heard Will Kane on ESPN today, and he brought up the old chestnut, which is Native Americans aren't offended by. It. You know where they're not offended by it because they've been beaten down for centuries. Well, I think he's wrong on that. I've seen enough stories that say, yeah, they're absolutely offended by it. Well, I, no, seen... it, like there have been surveys where uh, I don't know what the percentage is, Bob, the split, but. But, but it's not like 100% to 0% that they're offended. <laughs> right, right. I get that. Well, let's just leave it at I think that the Washington football name is worse than the Cleveland baseball name. And if either one of them was going to the change. Cle- oh, no question. Yeah, I would lobby for the Washington one. But I, I think the Washington football name is worse than the Chief Wahoo logo. Uh, I do, too. I agree with you on that one. But like you said, Daniel Schneider wants things his way. He's used to getting things his way. Uh, it's going to take some weight to get him to do it. But I think ultimately it does happen. That's Bob McLaughlin brought to you by 84 Lumber. In just 30 seconds, I'm going to talk about the NFL looking to change a rule. Too late for the Steelers, but they're looking to change a rule. 105.9 X.